0: Hey everyone, here's Chris in my role as editor to let you know that we've decided to split up our discussion of the latter half of season five of Clone Wars. Uh, As you can imagine, if you have watched the episodes, there was a lot to talk about and we didn't want to publish an uber long episode. So this one is about the Clone Wars episodes 14 to 16 and next week will be about episodes 17 to 20.
1: I know there was a day... That this podcast commitment would like catch up to me, and today was the day. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Uh, Um, six
0: o'clock. That is
1: six a.m. I started watching the episodes yesterday at eleven thirty p.m. and I finished them all. I have my notes. I slept for less hours than it took to watch the episodes, (laughs) but here we are now. (laughs) Oh no
0: that's horrible oh
1: my god it's all good I'm um, you know i'm feeling great
0: we are here to discuss way more exciting things than life we're talking about star wars uh i couldn't have said it better myself and i did try <laughs> I mean you are also you also haven't slept like at all so
1: you know that's fine i this is the life i've chosen i have driven over 7000 kilometers in the past
0: 8 days so i am tired <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so maybe i will talk more this time than you do that the thing is i was actually thinking to myself is that i need to at least as we start
1: give you the platform to begin because there's a lot of places to start today and i want to see what you're thinking where's your headspace at what are the things you gravitated towards in these few episodes that we watched and you know I think it's important for you to take the lead in that just because of the gravity of these episodes and the things that happen in
0: them. I'd love to hear your initial feedback and how you... That's that's uh, very nice of you to say, but it's also a really good retcon for <laughs> what actually is the reason that you didn't have time, but I appreciate it anyway. So we have two arcs uh the between those seven episodes that we watched for today um and we have some pretty big things happening in both of them we have uh three episodes on mandalore uh, so much is happening and then we have a four episode uh, arc on coruscant and it is you can definitely tell that this was at the time the the end of the series and what a what a note to end the series on! That was one of these things that that I thought, if I was writing it, that would be a great thing to do, but I don't think they have the courage for it. But they did; <laughs> they proved me wrong. So, Previsla, what a guy! What a guy! He uh, he was useless throughout, and that's the way he went as well. <laughs>
1: it like is actually I like funnily. Uh, sorry. Actually, in a very funny way, I feel like it all makes sense. And mm. just like he was an idiot from the first time we saw him until the last time we saw him. And it was actually a very good
0: character consistency. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I love that we get we get introduced to Bo-Katan here. I love that she is Satine's sister. But I hate how they, how they communicated that. Uh, in in the episode, just to make sure that everybody got it at the end, where uh, uh, Obi Wan says, "Oh, so you're Satine's sister, right?" and it's, or something to that effect. And I was like, "Oh, please."
1: Yeah, if they had just not said anything, or the Obi Wan that you would remove that one Obi Wan line, it becomes so much more subtle, and it's just so much more smoothly done. Mm. Clone Wars and Star Wars has always been. Overt sometimes and overly, just like we're going to nail you on the head with the information that you need to know. Mm -hmm.
0: And Mm -hmm. this is clearly it. the The crowd's reaction was not. I didn't agree with it on a political level, but also that's not really how that works. It's not that easy to just sway an entire crowd with like two sentences. It's something that Star Wars never gets right in like the way
1: that public speaking is conveyed. And how people react and the will of the people or whatever is just not portrayed in a in a nice way or like in an accurate way I feel a lot of the times
0: I, I, so I just dunked on uh on Previsla, but I didn't think he'd have it in him to actually surprise maul
1: and overall, just as a more general thing i re- I did like the development of their relationship. And how they're playing them parallel apart and each you see the camps individually talking with one another and you know they can betray each other and yeah. I found it an, a compelling um, relationship and very interesting how Maul very quickly takes the, like, you know, within the power struggle the two of them takes the lead. And it's clear from the outset that Maul, uh, Visla is outmatched. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Maul very quickly establishes the hierarchy and who the alpha is. <laughs> it's uh <laughs> he really like treats him like a schoolboy throughout. He's like, no, like your plan is has many faults and I have the bigger picture and blah blah blah. It was pretty funny. Um I don't know, do you have any more general impressions? Because I feel like we're already going into details here and maybe I should just give the uh No,
1: I wanna say one thing. I have of to course. I have to I have to. I have to just talk about Sam Witwer, the voice actor for Darth Maul. I just, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> he's so good. I don't know. I, I, I don't know of a better voiced character in this show. Mm. Um, And it's just amazing how he can convey so many things and just the, the menacing, like the menacing nature of his uh, voice. And then, the, the varying tones he can take. And then obviously when Palpatine comes in and he just like immediately starts cowering
0: and it's like, yeah. oh my God. I thought that that was going to be the most impressive scene in these seven episodes. You know, <laughs> but then yeah. other things happened in the subsequent arc, but that was, that was so, oh, so good. Cinematography and animation. Oh my God
1: just at another level i don't even like from the beginning of this season to the second half of the season i don't think i've ever seen a mid-season jump this high Mm. this looks gorgeous beautiful everything about it and the details of the faces and the facial expressions of maul and the colors and
0: the cameras oh it's just so well done playing with darkness and light yes and the different colors as well and
1: it's just it's just gorgeous yeah and it's it's just it's a pleasure to watch these episodes Mm, it really is yeah
0: it's it's funny i was i was just before we uh, started recording today i was talking to friends of mine and they both said yeah like we we like started listening to your podcast and like we watched the first uh season of clone wars and it was really bad and i was like yeah but you don't understand it gets way better <laughs> yeah uh, yeah maybe we'll give it another try like, and my sure.
1: question for you now is this is something i'm not sure if i've answered this or I've, in myself but the question is of arisen in me
0: is Clone Wars the best star wars content <laughs> let me wait until we've watched all of it because okay. after four seasons of game of thrones you thought that that was the best show ever made Good point. I mean, I don't think it's gonna get any worse. Like, it's not gonna get turned bad. Clone Wars is, but uh, <laughs> you know, I I would like to withhold judgment and wait until we do the wrap up episode. Yes, sure. Uh, of Clone Wars, that's
1: fine. But the question has piqued my
0: interest. In the very beginning, Maul and Billy Bob get rescued by Death Watch, and Previsla and Maul form an alliance to overthrow Sateen. Uh, they want to see discord among the Mandalorians, so that Vizsla can kind of play the hero, and for this they need like thugs, as they constantly and ceaselessly refer to them, and form an armed force from the Black Sun, the Pike Syndicate, and the Hut Cartel, who all more or less voluntarily join them. Um, the criminals attack Mandalore and Death Watch with Vizsla in charge, and Bo-Katan, as his right hand, uh, pretends to fend them off. Subsequently, Satine is imprisoned, and Maul wants to use her to take revenge on Obi-Wan. Before that, though, she uh, he needs to take charge after Vizsla, very predictably, double-crosses Maul and Bailey Bob. So uh, Maul challenges Vizsla to a duel, which ends in Maul killing Vizsla with his own dark saber. Satine gets the chance to break out of prison and contact Obi-Wan, but that's just because that's kind of p- part of Maul's plan. Um... And Obi-Wan comes to Mandalore, tries to rescue Satine, but ends up captured. And Maul kills Satine in front of him. Bo-Katan, who had previously rejected Maul's claim as the new leader of Death Watch, saves Obi-Wan. And last but very much not least, Darth Sidious shows up and just wrecks Maul and Billy Bob, killing the latter. The arc ends in Sidious torturing Maul with force lightning Reminding Maul of his place. So now. Oh my god. Just like goosebumps as you're going through the description. I know, right? Oh, so good. Death Watch rescuing Maul and Billy Bob from their death, which it seems like. um, That was a bit conceited to me and like kind of not deus ex machina per se, but. I don't know, it was like a little bit convenient for plot reasons, you know? You could, de- I could definitely see the, the storyteller's hand in here, you know?
1: Yeah, they needed to connect A and B and they just explained it by the will of the Force.
0: Exactly, yeah. That's exactly it.
1: But I'm not mad because the opening scene even is gorgeous as they pan over Mal's face in the ice. And yeah. They, oh my God, it's so good. And it's just like the darkness, as you said earlier, with the
0: light coming through and shining on his eyes it's beautiful yeah it's funny of all the people to find maul and billy bob it's (laughs) it's pre-vizzler pre-fucking-vizzler come on um yeah and it's uh again i feel like part of this arc is things happen very neatly like everything just kind of falls into place and it's it's just per- like everything kind of lines up and like when they uh take over the black sun for example that just is of course you know they they intimidate them by killing their leaders but and then the pike cartel is just like yeah or like the pike syndicate is just like yeah we'll we'll join you and the hard Hot cartel also doesn't you know you could read it as you know not you know the the sheer will of uh, Maul kind of subdues all of them but I don't know it was a little bit too convenient for my taste to be honest with you. I wish it were something that they had maybe done a little bit over time
1: instead of just yeah. all in one episode and just explained it a little bit because like they never explained
0: the motivation of the Pikes at all
1: um, the Hut one at least has there's conflict and they go back
0: and forth so there is something interesting there. I really like the fight between the Hut's mercenaries and Maul and company um but uh, like in terms of just the choreography and everything it was really great but the only thing i cared about is whether embo survived or not me too i was so nervous, nervous. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like he can't die right like he's too cool for that you know billy bob with all his brute force against him and like they're, That's they're all death- that billy bob
1: can do clearly <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: seriously um yeah, and then also we see Mandalorians in action in their armor, and that's also something that I really love, you know. It's just so cool, all the shit that they
1: can do. It's amazing, but it's just, like, it's, of course, like, from a meta level of Star Wars universe, it's like, of course it is the Death Watch who fuck everything up, and it is fault that all the shit happens.
0: So, uh, yeah, after the uh, after Maul has assembled his team, basically, they do the, the the strategy meeting, and I really liked the plan. Oh, it's a great plan. Maul is really good at planning stuff. Like Yeah. Good, good, job, good job by him. I kind of liked how immediately after the meeting, everybody's like, yeah, we're totally going to fuck them over, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, yep, that's how it works. Yeah, as I said in the beginning, it's surprising that Maul and Billy Bob saw it coming, but still they were... Kind of surprised by it. Like, they, do you think? I thought they weren't. I mean, maybe they weren't surprised, but they—I mean—they just lost. You know, oh, I see. I—I yeah. don't think they purposefully got themselves captured. Oh, I thought Moll.
1: From my understanding, that was part of Maul's plan to get captured because he wanted to find someone to actually replace Privisla in the like the political sphere, right? Because as soon as he got into jail, he was like. All right, now we're here. Now we can find someone who can act as our prime minister, head of state, instead of previously.
0: Yeah, but he could have done that as well without being in prison. He could have just walked into the prison and looked at the people there. I'm,
1: gonna, I'm going to go with my version of the story because Maul's a genius and he just like, <laughs> until yeah. he gets his ass swapped. but...
0: It's very bad by uh, Satine to just let Previsla hijack her speech that way. Yeah, like, what the fuck? That was really weird. Also, but her speech as well was like, it was like she was talking to one human being, not a crowd of people as their ruler. Yeah. And it's just like, what, what are you writing, doing? I'm sorry. That's that's the worst I have seen Satine ever.
1: That's a good point, because she tends to be a good leader, and she's, like, commanding, and
0: then, in this case, she just folds. Yeah. And that's that's just... I don't know. Again, maybe a little bit too convenient that, you know, it just so happens that this happens at at a crucial moment.
1: Yeah, and it's like, oh, the will of the people is an angry mob outside your front door. Like, if every politician listened to the people who were just outside their front door yelling at them, like, nothing would get done. Oh, nothing does get done, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How was Mandalore that weak? Like, I understand being pacifist as a nation, like not wanting to go to full total war. Yeah. But, like, the people, like, these crime syndicates invade with like four people. And then, like, it's, they have no defense at all. A, that just seems stupid. And B, how did no one ever attack Mandalore earlier if they were this easy of a target? It's not like they're defended by the Republic officially or anyone else. And they have no. Standing police with
0: a gun—that is li- again—that is just a little bit too neat, you know. Yeah, right. Like if it was that easy, the why didn't why didn't any crime syndicate just take take it over? I I loved how bad Previsla's acting was. So so all the other Mandalorians when they quote unquote defeat the thugs, um, they do a pretty good job of seeming to be in charge. But Previsla is just. Like he just li- likes himself too much in the spotlight. So he of course overdoes it. It's like, ha ha ha, and now I have bested you and you will never you will never threaten my people again. It's like, oh come on, man. You're oh what an idiot.
1: That's a nice detail. I'd never really noticed that. It's like, oh it's previously just being a dick or an idiot, but it is an in a window into his character. And yeah. How it, it tracks so well for like who he is and how he interacts with everybody, basically. But I love how he does call Maul Lord Maul in that sequence. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, oh, that's an interesting word. I choice feel like
0: that th- that's that might just be my head canon here, but I feel like that's kind of him trying to lure Maul into a false sense of security because he already knows he wants to undermine Maul. And if he now calls him Lord, that kind of you know tells Maul that he is now he is now like super in charge. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very easy for Maul and Billy Bob to break out of prison, which is just yeah. ridiculous. You know, that's it's really really—you can't easy. contain them at all. And why would you have two Force pu- Force users there? Together just, unbounded, just uh, like with stupid. like one guard or whatever. Yeah. That's that doesn't make any sense. And I love that they they find Almac there. And he's he's one of these characters that I just don't like, but that's just because he's a good character in that way, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: He's he's a good bad guy, is what I'm saying. I was re I was laughing out loud when Maul challenged Vizla to a duel. <laughs> it's it's again one of these things where Maul just knows the strengths and the weaknesses of his opponents, and he knows about mandalore culture enough that he knows Vizsla can't. If if he challenges Vizsla to a duel, he must do it, and obviously he would want to do it as well. And I just remembered Vizsla not being able to defeat Obi Wan by himself at all and requiring the help of his fellow death watch members and but but for that i have you know i have to say that Viza handled himself way better than i expected yeah he leveled
1: up he had more like um weapons and was faster and fought maul really well i was impressed
0: yeah at least until his jetpack broke and then he was useless <laughs> yeah
1: right what is it about mandalorians and when they lose their jetpack they become like terrible there's often it's so often in movies where they talk okay like someone has honor and and that quote-unquote honor makes them do something stupid right and most of the times or a lot of the times it doesn't track and it doesn't really make sense but in this case it entirely connects with his character He's like, it's not only about his honor. It's about his narcissism. It is about his desire to show that he is superior over everyone else. And because of the discord between them and Maul constantly putting him down, it's also like a small level of revenge in there specifically towards Maul. So there's so many reasons internally for this character for why he chooses to then accept Maul's challenge. Hmm. And it just works so well as opposed to... In other cases, it's oh, I am honor bound to do this. Why? Because story.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, that that was a really nice touch, and I, I feel like Previsla is kind of a a well round, maybe not well rounded character, but a well developed character. He makes he is very coherent in his in his behavior, in his values.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. Like whenever you see Previs on screen, you know what he wants, why he's doing things, and what he's gonna do. Essentially, it, it makes so much sense. I love characters that just make fucking sense. I wish more characters made sense.
0: I know, but not every, not every character is developed by Defloni. You know?
1: Yeah, damn straight. I just love also in that uh, sequence their battle, the the colors like that, like sunset mm. gray orange color in the background it's very muted it's beautiful as the two fight back and forth
0: And this is also the first time we see a dark saber versus a red lightsaber right yeah, beautiful yeah. and I, I love the touch that Maul actually kills Visla with the dark saber
1: That scene as the camera pans behind Bocatan yeah. and the like petting right as he like as he comes out of view it's gorgeous
0: mm-hmm it's so good. And then i uh, really liked as well the the split among Death Watch, where part of them immediately uh changes loyalty and accepts Maul as their new leader because they just saw uh him defeat their old one and you know by the by the logic of men of the Death watch culture or I guess what Privisla is saying is the is the true Mandalorian culture. Now, Maul has every right to claim this position for him. But uh, Bo-Katan and some others disagree and then, you know, a fight ensues. That is also, of course, (laughs) you see that in in The Mandalorian, the series, so much now. And it's just, I loved it so much. You know, just the the connection to The Mandalorian
1: Yeah, it's awesome. It's really overlaid here. You have so many things going on with the Mandalorian culture and Mandalorian identity and the the splits. And obviously you have Bo-Katan taking a central role as uh, an antagonist to Maul's endeavors on Mandalore. Just so good.
0: Yeah, and she's another one of these characters who is just very coherent and who is coherent in two different shows, you know? It's, right? it, she she is. You can see the the connection between Clone Wars and the Mandalorian here. Yeah. And, and not only two different shows, cool. two different mediums.
1: Yeah. Animated and live action. That's incredible.
0: Yeah. And that's the great thing about uh, Katie Sackhoff as well. You know, she is not just a good voice actor, though. I you know, she doesn't get that much to do here, but she's also a good actor in. Uh, in, in the live-action sense. Isn't it crazy how she kind of looks like Pocatan? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, maybe the last thing about that particular episode is that, again, the crowd just believes whatever anyone on the balcony says because Amak's story is not that credible. Like, it's, it's, it doesn't really make sense. He was a convicted criminal for corruption,
1: and now he's back and everyone's just like, cool the shot when Maul is sitting on the throne and the light is coming through the windows of the throne room and there's little like specks of dust and it's just, it's beautiful sunset and he's sitting sort of how like if I actually, I describe it as how Joffrey sits on the iron throne. Maul is kind of sitting like that. It is absolutely incredible. It's so yeah. Good. It's just like this calm, casual evil and it's, One shot describes everything.
0: Yeah, uh, but also so confident, right? He knows he is in charge. As
1: the episode closes, Maul looks at Almec and tells him, and it's just, again, the delivery of the voice is amazing. He tells Almec to go
0: rule my people.
1: Yeah. Oh, chills (laughs) down my spine. Mm -hmm. I love you, Maul. You're amazing.
0: Okay, last episode. So, yeah, that's the one thing that I got spoiled you know, dear listener, you might remember I'm I know you, Rashad, do that a few episodes back I made the horrendous mistake of wanting to look something up and then getting spoiled. And the thing that was spoiled was that Satine gets killed by Maul. And I'm actually pretty happy that it hap- that it happened now. So now I go into the last two seasons unspoiled and that's perfect. Yes, I'm glad. But also imagine how good this episode would have
1: been if you didn't get that spoiled yeah i know i would have been because you don't ever think that satine will die you just don't until it happens. then you're like
0: obi-wan so the first note that i have is corky i fucking hate (laughs) every (laughs) time every fucking time he calls satine auntie And that's just the worst, the worst kind of writing. I don't know anybody who just calls their aunt or uncle or whatever like that all the time. And he grew up in this episode. He's not the same little child. He's he's like like five years older or at uh, least. Oh man, just call her Aunt Satine or just like whatever. Or just Auntie. I don't care, but not, not every time as well. Like you don't have to, you don't, I don't know, you don't call someone's name every time you speak to them or chris, like i yeah. want to tell you chris um i think chris you should chris yeah. you should uh, i think let's talk about chris <laughs> exactly and it's just because sometimes he even does it both like he calls her auntie Satine, which is like just choose one it's fine you know but not both
1: anyway no it's it's i'm i'm, there, I'm right there with you it annoys me less because children
0: annoy me less than they annoy you yeah. <laughs> but you know we are who we are yeah, I I'm really I'm really working through through some some things here.
1: <laughs> and what I love about this episode, or I just, I'll start by saying, is that I think Maul's plan is great. Maul is like mm-hmm. really good plan, and he just like executes it so well in so many ways. Obviously, it, the the curveball is Palpatine at the end, but until then, it's like okay, I'm gonna let the barely escape contacts kenobi he knows about how the jedi work and then he'll know that kenobi will show up and then bada bing bada boom he gets what he wants
0: he knows how it works he knows because of the political reasons you know the jedi can't intervene due to mandalore's neutrality so obi-wan would have to go there by himself which he does maul knows all of that and it's just he is so perceptive it's incredible
1: well you can you can tell that he was actively trained by Palpatine this yeah. is why he knows everything it's not Perfect. out of nothing yeah and he was informed Spoiler, by on the way. everything sorry I mean
0: yeah I I, I only call him Sidious in the description purposely but I mean this this is also a thing about this episode that it is so obvious like if even the like even people who don't pay attention or aren't that quick on the uptake, like if you watch this episode, it's so obvious that it's Palpatine.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're ever hiding that in this show, to be honest. They just—I mean—they
0: kind they of say. play with it. They're like, like winking at you, It's like, oh, we're not like explicitly saying it or like showing it. It just, you know, it's there. But I'm sure there are some people who are, and I'm—I I'm, must assume maybe children specifically who don't get it. But it's never as explicit as it is in this episode. And boy, is it explicit and good. (laughs) Yeah, And it's also so good. Like, you can definitely see, you know, that he is so smart. He, As soon as he hears that Maul is rising, he immediately knows what's up and goes there and to, like, fuck him up. And it's so good. good. But we're getting ahead of ourselves.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... I I have to say, is it like is it me or just Obi Wan cannot resist a girl in a hologram? That's just his thing, right? <laughs> Maybe, yeah,
0: yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to see his what like what's on his like personal computer or whatever. I thought you, yeah, I thought you were gonna say his
1: like Pornhub search list.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's like I tried to avoid being that explicit, but I was asking myself this question, and I wonder what you think about it. I mean from a storytelling perspective it makes sense that Obi-Wan goes there by himself but why doesn't he just ask Anakin and Ahsoka for help going there Yeah I wonder
1: I wonder if they're off doing their own thing at the time I wonder if like he takes it upon himself like, to just you know because it's her she is his friend so he just feels a personal responsibility um, yeah. and doesn't want to involve other people because it is a risky mission I wonder if it's that kind of thing or that he also, I wonder if, if to a certain extent, if he, I don't want to say this is maybe a little strong, but he feels ashamed about his relationship with mm. in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to kind of get more people closer to that. Just seeing how he in some ways couldn't follow some of the Jedi,
0: um, yeah, especially not his Padawan, who whom he has repeatedly told that, uh, that like you you can't you can't form attachments. <laughs> so it makes sense. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, um so, I really like the
1: actually the debate on jurisdiction in this yes. episode. I was gonna say the it's the one time
0: I really like it. I'm like, oh, yeah,
1: yes, perfect. I like that.
0: This is so good. And di Mundi is like a really like play by. He's even more like play by the book. Kind of person than than Obi-wan is oh, for sure, um but when when Obi-wan gets to Mandalore, I thought it was way too easy for him to get to Satine, who is the most important prisoner uh, on Mandalore just because he wears Mandalorian in armor yeah, right. there's no identification process, there's
1: no you know scanning in of things, it's just like easy, easy access. Yeah. and it's all, you're in a country where everyone can get mandalorian armor
0: it's not that hard yeah i I love though when they're in the elevator and there's the other mandalorian guard and he's like yeah so what's your code uh <laughs> <laughs> like, he's such a bad liar uh and also not that quick like he could have just like without you know without trying to come up with anything just like knock him out then but yeah obviously that's for comedic effect and it's it it definitely worked on me <laughs> i don't know that's such a star wars thing of people trying to bullshit their way and failing
1: yeah it's great it's one of the things we love about star wars it's yeah. our favorite thing about han solo
0: yeah exactly for the people who are more perceptive perceptive we find out that bo is Satine's sister here because they briefly talk Satine and bo briefly talk and it becomes pretty obvious yeah. um and yeah, but they eventually get captured, of course. And um Holy shit. Holy shit is right, yeah. And I love as well how Maul kind of teases Obi-Wan, you know. Your emotions betray you, your fear, your anger, all of these things. And he just taunts him with all these, like, oh, you should have become a Sith. <laughs> so fun. And there's nothing more bad. I mean, there are little mo- more badass things than imagining Obi-Wan as a Sith.
1: Yeah, right. Um, I actually really like their debate, and so so many times I actually don't like the Jedi retort, but in this case, I actually like how Obi Wan is like only the weak embrace it, and that then tracks to when Palpatine comes. You actually see how fragile and Maul is, and yeah. how weak he actually is internally, right? Maybe not physically, obviously, because he can you know whatever fuck up anybody, but it is really interesting um development or or debate not debate but discussion that they have and often i feel like that discussion kind of is just not well written but i find i found it in this moment very compelling
0: yeah i really liked it as well and then and then maul kills Satine in front of obi-wan with I the love, oh my god
1: as he's doing it so he's like lifting her up force choking her he's like going insane basically just like yelling at obi-wan with all of his anger and uh, i like you never i just like i never think that he's gonna kill her and then uh, so
0: good he doesn't just like stab her he just like puts all his his like might and power into this this like the deathly blow basically you can tell the passion and catharsis which with which he kills her yeah absolutely because he knows that's what's gonna fuck obi-wan up, yeah
1: and then, as I mean, I didn't like the line I always loved you. I found that a little cheesy, yeah uh, not a little a lot cheesy, um, but I did like the way that their the way she fell, like they ended up like face to face as she died and like right in front of his eyes, and mm. you could you could tell how heartbreaking it was for obi wan as a character, and I wonder how defining it is for him as a individual for the rest of his life
0: yeah i mean the music as well is super over the top cheesy but also the like the small gestures and facial expressions are really evocative so it's like a little like some some parts of that sequence are really good some of them are not ah it's so uh, ah gut-wrenching heartbreaking whatever it is it's just like oh you really feel with obi-wan you really
1: do it's like is there a character like that's I just think Obi-Wan is so much better in this show than he ever is in anything else. I mean, we're going to get the Obi-Wan show, obviously. That'll yes, really we do. Cool. Um, but so far, I, I think this is the best depiction of Obi-Wan. I mean, it's the best depiction of a lot of characters, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. prequel characters.
0: For sure. Yeah. And then like Bo-Katan <clears throat> rescues Obi-Wan. And I thought like, couldn't you have done that like five minutes ago?
1: I so easy but before right before that a line i found so funny is as soon as after he kills Bokata, no, after he kills satin hmm. um billy bob asked him do we kill him now brother
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> so funny. it's like uh billy bob you're like you can't you only know one thing <laughs> so good it was like a dog
1: asking his owner can i eat now yeah
0: exactly oh uh, so good yeah well billy bob we're, we're only going
1: together it's so funny i love the two of their or like not funny but a great relationship between um billy bob and darth maul in these episodes
0: yeah i actually actually there was this previous moment where um billy bob also sees through previous plan and that he wants to double cross them and maul is like le- legitimately surprised at, oh yeah you've learned <laughs> like <laughs> you're like it's not much but you you've like you're not just a brute force guy
1: and it's not like previous good at hiding anything let's be honest and you know as they're walking through the um the prison i love the way that like maul just like walks so calmly with his hands behind his back and billy bob just goes "Mm," like murdering and destroying everything i just i love the two of them doing that together
0: yeah it's a it's kind of you see that in some movies as well where there's like the the physically powerful person just smashing everything and going in front and then the let's say socially or politically or however else like non-physically powerful person right behind them the only difference is that here maul is way more powerful than billy bob so
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah and now now we uh we come to are you surprised yes i did not see that coming at all yes i I don't know when when we saw palpatine calling his like i don't know his his right-hand man or whatever to like which is also really stupid like he has him called to his office to have him ready his ship why couldn't he just tell like relay the message that he should uh that he should ready the ship why did he have to come to his office first you know that doesn't make any (laughs) sense um but yeah i was like oh this is going to get interesting and holy shit (laughs) oh wow that like that guy can fight that's the also the the most badass you've ever seen palpatine it's crazy he's not even
1: close he's a fucking beast yeah
0: he just wrecks them so hard it's like oh my god he's like so quick he uses two lightsabers and it's oh so good and like the way he kills billy bob as well and such a good fight as well, and he has all these like contortions, and his force powers are out of this world, and ah, it's so good. It's just so good, and I don't know. The most surprising thing for me was kind of seeing how like gutted Maul was by Billy Bob's death. Yeah, that surprised me. Um, I mean, not as much as Palpatine being a badass. That was a, wh- a little bit more surprising, but
1: but I like that touch personally. Between Billy Bob, they had grown together, close, closer together through this experience. I guess. Yeah, for sure. And it's just uh, every part of that fight is amazing. And my favorite is when Maul has the Darth Dark saber and the red lightsaber. I was
0: just dead gonna dead. mention that. Yeah, that was literally going to be my next sentence. It's so fucking gorgeous.
1: I just like I words cannot describe how good that sequence is.
0: Yeah. And I kind of had the feeling that, you know, Palpatine kind of, you know, he, he, uh, he just does his thing. And he like, he gets he just, as soon as he gets bored by fighting Maul with the, with the lightsabers, he just decides to use his force powers and fuck him up, you know? And it's just like, yeah, I'll like do, I'll do like a little fencing with you. But as soon as I get bored, I'm just gonna show you who's boss. Right. I could defeat you with the lightsabers, but that's not, that does that's not fun. Yeah, and it's funny because
1: like Dooku does the same thing but only when he loses in the lightsaber battle. Mm-hmm. So like he yeah. he tries to like, you know, get the upper hand because of that. Palpatine is never never like faced by anything that Maul does. Yeah. And he just does it for effect and just because he just wants to fuck with your mind as well <laughs> as screw you over, kill you, or just torture you. Oh, I love how as soon as Palpatine comes in, Maul gets on his knees and he's like, yeah. Master. It's just like an immediate heel turn, and it's so good. It just tracks for his character so well, and then harps exactly to what Obi Wan said about how Maul is weak for embracing the dark side, and he he is a weak person. And then later on, obviously, he begs for his life.
0: Yeah, he kind of reminded. I mean, that that's that might be like really harsh, but it kind of reminded me of like a pet or something.
1: Oh, ah, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, he's off on his own doing his own thing. You know, eating all the birds in the
0: in the park. And then his owner comes and he's like, Oh shit. Yeah. And there's this one second where you don't know whether whether Palpatine actually buys it and then he just he, he's like, Yeah, it's 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 a shame you want to deceive me and then you know, oh shit <laughs> everything's going to get real serious over here right and then he pushes them back like with ease with the force like against the
1: windows then he just pulls out the lightsabers and you're like oh my
0: god yeah i wonder whether he is the strongest force user. he might just be the strongest force user i
1: think that's pretty clear
0: right yeah it's a shame that we don't get to see that in the movies
1: yeah we just get to see a very very shittily done battle yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean what a way to end this arc right he just like tortures maul to kind of uh re like re-up his like the hierarchy and like again like conditioning him to be subservient and yeah kind of be his lap dog and uh yeah, that, that i've just found like that just goes to show like that 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 tells you so much about palpatine as well like that he kind of do- just does it for fun like he yeah. just has no like i'm not going to kill you but i'm just gonna do this here just to just to make my point, which I know you understood, but I'm just going to do it a little bit more just be, just for the hell of it. It's a great depiction of, like, true evil in a character. Yeah, such a sadist.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And then, like, you know, it's just, like, him this whole time just as a politician, just saying things and just kind of, like, working in the background. And then finally you get the payoff once of him just being, like, I'm a flex here. mm because at that point, no one else could do that. No one else in the galaxy could do what he had to do there. He could have sent Dooku, maybe, but Dooku couldn't handle the two of them, maybe. And like, no, you want you want to like fuck some shit up if you're if, if you're like Sidious in that moment.
0: And I feel like also, I feel like it do, It wouldn't make sense to send Dooku as well. Just like Maul was his apprentice. And he's just going to like
1: they're gonna align together against Sidious.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or or you know, he knows Maul better than anyone else does. And he maybe just wants to kind of bind him closer to himself in a way. Like yeah, I see. you're like you're like my or my like subservient lab dog. Um yeah, and again, like what you said, you know, you don't wanna t- take a risk. Because you saw it with um, Dooku and Ventress, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's the way of the Sith to a certain extent.
0: <laughs> yeah, doesn't he also say, like, you know, just remember, they're always just two.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have been replaced. The way he delivers that line.
0: Yeah. So it's got it's got so in.
1: close to the live action in Palpatine as well. It's really well done. So yeah. Their ho- they're, they're casting for the voice actors is...
0: It's so good. On. They all sound... Like the live, like their live action equivalents, basically,
1: but with more emotion.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so good, such a con-
1: like, such a such an amazing sequence on Mandalore, and especially because the last time we were in Mandalore wasn't so great. Yeah. So it's nice to come back and just have some good stuff going on for us, and introduce to new characters that we know and love already.
0: Yeah, very true, and like definitely, you know, a lot happens. Like in turn, like the yeah. in the grand scheme of things, of like, a, like all the developments, in, in, on a galactic level, basically.
1: <sighs> I'm, I'm in love. So good.
0: If you want to get in touch, there are a few ways you can do that. Email. Write us an email to hello at seriallyhooked.com. dot com. Website. You can check out our website and suggest future topics at seriallyhooked.com. dot com. Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at Searely Hooked. If you like the show, tell a friend or ten. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. It really makes a difference and helps people discover the show. If I didn't know you don't drink, you just sounded like you were like pretty drunk, but it's obviously because you're sleep deprived, but <laughs> ah, <laughs> it's pretty yes. really funny. Um there is a very fine line between drunk and sleep
1: deprived. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, my God. What's the name of the guy from Harry Potter? The little rat man? The what? Uh, the little rat guy.
0: Oh, remember. Peter Pettigrew.
1: No, thank you. Thank you.
0: The What's rat man. no, rat man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was a convicted Krillin. Uh, Krillin. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>
0: DBZ. Woo. <laughs>